right, welcome into another week of Remotely Renee. And women are the biggest conversation right now on all fronts. I mean, we had what happened with Maria Taylor, and I'll just say my piece right here. Maria Taylor, get to the bag. So there's been a lot of things that's happened with Maria Taylor at ESPN, and it's all been logged. There's been people that talked about her clothing. Was it professional? Was it not? There's been people that asked if she deserved the amount that she wanted during the pandemic. It got pushed back. And now we're here again where one of her co-workers, again, not necessarily the co-worker that we need to be looking at. It's ESPN we need to be looking at for why is there one seat for everyone to fight over? Like there should be more seats mm. than that. There's plenty of seats that are occupied, but only one seat is given to minorities, women, any other category that you could check. That's the seat that all of those people have to fight over. So we know that's not okay. And ESPN, it happened at all the wrong times because she's up for contract right now. And I said it before and I will say it again. Maria Taylor, get to the bag. They got to pay. They just got to pay. I mean, the contract's up during the finals of the NBA finals. And so they're in a pickle. Who knows what they they wanted to do before this all happened, but now they got to do some things. The internet has spoken. People have spoken. There's there, it's, it's happening. And so it's not just with Maria Taylor. There's all <laughs> kinds of things going on. Shikari Richardson, you know, it, that's, that's somebody that we all know the name now being left off of the four by 100 team. Silly. It's silly. What is it? James Harden got arrested. Uh, not James Harden. James Harden and little baby were together in Paris and little baby got arrested for marijuana. We have to make a decision on what we're doing with marijuana as a whole. Is it legal? Are we testing for it? What's going to happen with it? But we can't have this limbo where, oh, Shakari Richardson was 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 using marijuana in a place where it was okay, but it's not okay here. And the NBA isn't testing, but this is, we need to get clear rules across the board. So there's a lot going on in the world with women. There's also a lot going on in the sports world, name, image, and likeness. We're going to get to all of that. Let me bring in the two lit crew, Cole, Snook, VP. What up fam? What's going on? Hey. We in here. We in here. And guess what? It's not just it's not just women in the sports world. It's also like some crazy things going on across the world. We talk about the Ukraine. You know, this is um, women in the military. They're supposed to be taken seriously, treated equally. But then you want them to wear high heels in a military parade. That's like a huge deal as far as like this is a 30th year reunion of our their separation from the Soviet Union. So why do women have to wear heels? Like how do you want them people to want to take them seriously, but you want them to wear heels in a military parade? Like I, I just don't get that. It's it's kind of crazy. Um but that's what they're doing. They said they're that they had pushback. They said they going forward with it. So I mean how do y'all feel about it? Because it sounds I couldn't believe it when I read it. Well, you know, I think they're looking at the aesthetics of it. So, you know, how good is it going to look? And, and we have to be for real. Most of the spectators and most of the people in the army are going to be male. So they're, we're looking at it through their eyes, not women's eyes. And um, I know I've said this and my, my daughter said, oh, that's a wild statement. But, you know, uh, when I was in school, I thought about ROTC, but it was a little bit too harsh looking for me. But if they'd have had us marching in heels, I think I'd be oh right in there. Oh, <laughs> watch over my snookabooka. Because snooksy, and this is the thing. 
there it's about a choice i think the the biggest thing that everybody is having a problem with is choice so snookabook mm -hmm. if you wanted to choose to rock some heels as you marched and you did different things okay snookabook are you marching your heels <laughs> but to say that women have to march in heels this is women that are actually a part of the military what are we yes. talking about like that's this is it's crazy and the thing is, is how do you want how do they are how are they saying they're treating them equally, but forcing them or sexualizing them to wear heels? Because there is nothing that has to do with fighting that has to do with heels. This is all just a preference of like mom said, aesthetically mm -hmm. how it looks for males. But at the same time, it's still not even good for the women's feet because they are so. So what are the men wearing? What are the men wearing? Are they wearing, wearing church shoes? No, they're wearing their regular combat boots. Oh, no, nah, baby. They oh, no. Nah. They need to come military. out there. Yeah, but the women have to march in heels. And so the pushback went. The head of the military defense said, you know what? You make a good point, but this is what we're doing. So no. it's made on it. I think the men need to come out there and they need to be high stepping in some church shoes, some pointed toes, not the loafers because guys got it easy. They've even with their casual wear, they're starting to slide on some loafers and they got the comfy look going all the way. No, baby. If we all going to come out there stepping and if it's for aesthetics, I want to see all them pointed. What are the church shoes called? I don't know, but they need to be wearing them. Roach stompers and slippery okay. girls. We need to see them too. Okay. That's what we want to see. Slide on across in this military parade with them <laughs> roach yep. killers. And let us all, if we girls. gonna look good, we all need to look good. Let's right. all look right. good. Right. Interestingly just, enough, the article that was in CNN that we got our information from is written by two gentlemen. It's not even written by a woman. Yeah. Oh, and that's not no interesting. Stuff. And water well, is wet well, news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, you would, I would think, think that, that the a woman would, would have covered yes. that and then would have had a survey with comments from the women on, you know, when you look at critical thinking, you have to look at who wrote the article, why it was written. And I would think a woman, it would have carried more weight if a woman had, a, had written it and had it surveyed or talked to some of the people who were there who were required to march in those hills to see how, how they felt instead of just assuming that this is how women yeah. felt. <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, you know, now when you break it down like that, you're right. But I was going to say no surprise there because typically some of the biggest writers on the biggest platforms are men. I mean, it's the problem that we see at ESPN. It's a male dominated it's a male dominated industry. Most industries, honestly, if we're being honest, most industries are male dominated industries. So when you ask who's reporting on it, whose opinion mattered, like when they did a vote, I just find it hard to believe that there was an equal amount of women voting for them hills as there were for men. That's just, Absolutely. I just have a hard time believing Absolutely. that. So and, and I, I just, I'm not surprised. And I agree that how, whoever writes it, that's the narrative. You, you know, you can make it an even kill narrative like, oh yeah, they went back, they mm -hmm. said no, so this is what it is and not make it seem like it should be an outrage. You can make it just as even and soft as you want to because, you know, basically that's the narrative that that person is writing. He's <laughs> like, you know, this is a big story. I don't think it's really that serious, but I'll write it anyway. So you yeah. only get the emotion of the person who's writing it. And so there's the narrative. You see, that's exactly what we're talking about. He about to get roasted on his own podcast. Yeah. CP, <laughs> what? 
there that's a big news story that should be at the top of everything look and while we're on the the news about women women are making news all over the place shouts to naomi osaka her documentary is coming out as well as maya moore's documentary is coming out WNBA all-star is coming up soon mm -hmm. so shouts to all the women making noise even on a slow news day or a fast news day shouts to all the news going out I think that it's we're starting to see it that reminded me of something else when we talk about women's sports and men's sports I know people need the numbers and so the numbers I understand they matter and with softball now softball as we know didn't get the, the time slots that the men's um, World Series got as far as in, in college sports. But softball blew the men out of the water when it came to the numbers. So I want people to understand that whether or not you think women's sports are on the level of, <laughs> of men's sports, the viewers are watching. And it is a fact that softball outranked, according to viewership, the men's world series in college. So just so people, you know, might put their heavy hitters on the men's side, you might want to start looking at the women's side because even with WNBA all-star, I don't know how many people are going to be covering all-star. I don't know how many media members are going to be traveling there, but I know with the NBA, it's a show studded, a star studded showstopper event. I'm going to be at WNBA all-star because I want to start treating it like it's that event. Like people that, <laughs> They plan around NBA All-Star. They plan their vacations. They meet up with their friends. They make it a whole festivity. Let's start doing that for WNBA All-Star. That's all I'm saying. So, respect you know, and speaking of that. Respect should be owed. That's what it is. It's basically. It's just that simple. People just talk off the top of their head. They don't have no numbers, but there's the numbers. Yeah, it wasn't the, the new, you went to the last one, right? In 2019 in, in Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, I went to, are you talking about the WNBA All-Star? Yeah. Yeah, two thousand nineteen because they didn't have one obviously last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, you did like I don't remember. So yeah, like I'm in the building. <laughs> she's a she don't even know where she goes. Well, anyways, I just remember up. it. I just remember it looking lit on social media when I was looking because it was in Vegas. Oh, oh yeah, no, I actually didn't make it to Vegas um, because I was actually filming something, but it was lit. I think <clears> I remember Tiana Taylor performed. We had some big time performances, and I like to give numbers. So when I was referring to the, the 2021 NCAA women's versus men's college world series viewership data. I just had to go get the numbers real quick so you could believe it. The tournament average on the women's side in Oklahoma city was 1.2 million with the most viewed game being at 2.1 million on the men's side, the tournament average. And this happened in Omaha 755,000 tournament average with the most viewed game at 1.7 million. So I just, and it's not to put down the men's side, but it's to wake up people to understand that there's so many opportunities in women's sports, like real opportunities for real investments to really get a bang for your buck. That's just an example. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, oh, I just wanted to. I was going to say, no, next year it'll be lit for them because now with the NIL rules. Absolutely. Yes, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to see, and I've already started to see it. Women are getting deals the same as, as men, athletes in the college sports, but uh, we're going to talk about that a little later because I we got to start seeing that if 
the numbers are there, there's really no excuses for the companies. I know that that was what people were hiding behind for the longest amount of time. Like, well, yeah, the viewership and this is different than this and the buy-in, the engagement. Oh, we here, baby. Okay. And speaking of we here, let's get to one of my favorite parts of Remotely Renee now, and it's Remote Game Show. So let me see who I'm trying to call today. All right, so I'm gonna call my guy, Jim Cavelli, and he is the founder of Influencer, and Influencer is doing a lot of different things. I've worked with them, but the main idea behind Influencer is to help athletes understand their influence and help them get to whatever things they need to be that influencer. They've been working with a lot of teams already before name, image, name, image, and likeness started. So I'm gonna call Jim, play a little game, and then pick his brain on what's going on in name, image, and likeness. What's up, Renee? Well, what's up, Jim? Um, are you free for a second? Because you are live right now on Remotely Renee. We have a segment we like to call Remote Game Show, where I ask you five questions and you answer those questions to the best of your ability. Would you like to play a game? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get the peach impromptu, but I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. There's a minute and a half. If you don't know the question, you can say skip and we'll come back to it. And I'm going to start with your first question. Are you ready, VP? Start the clock. Now, what was the first male British player to win league titles in four countries? The first male British player to win league titles in four countries in what sport? The first male British player, I'll say soccer. I'll give you a hint. David Beckham. Yes. What country won the first Women's World Cup? Uh, Brazil. United States. What do the rings in the Olympics represent? Oh, man. The rings in the Olympics. Something I should know, Renee. Yeah. 40, you got 42 seconds, skip, so you got time. Skip, 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 skip. Cool. What sport starts with a tip-off or a jump ball? Basketball. Bomb. What was the name of the segment where Snook gives background on how she grew up and people in her family, the segment on Remotely Renee? Skip. Okay, what do the rings in the Olympics represent? You have 20 seconds. Unity. The continents of the world is the correct answer. What is the name of the segment on Remotely Renee that Snook gives background on how she grew up and people in her family? I don't know. It's remote roots. So you had three seconds left. It was remote roots. I think you got a two out of five, which isn't bad. But before you go, oh, by the way, you don't win anything on this game show, but it's just for fun. But before you go, we talk a lot about name, image, and likeness. Can you give them some advice on what you think the scope of that will look like? Yeah, I mean, name, image, and likeness at the college level is the same as anything else that's great. It's a, it's, it's going to take a lot of work. Athletes are going to get out what they put in. Um, it's a business for them to build. And just like it's hard to get playing time, get on the court, make plays, get on the field, make plays, be a leading scorer, it's going to be hard to build a really good NIL business. But now the opportunity is there. Student athletes have to learn the rules know all the different inventories they can participate in to make money. It's not just endorsements. There's a lot of other ways they can make money. And uh, after they do that, build a strategy they can execute. And of course, how well they do on the quarter field is going to only help them have more opportunity 
outside the lines with their NIL business. Okay, I love that. And so what do you think about these professional teams like the NHL, the FCF, that are already looking at college athletes to kind of sign them and get them in their fold? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Is that going to be the new normal now where college athletes sign to a pro team before they even graduate? I mean, it could be, you know, whether it's whether it's seeing that become the norm or even agents finding a way to get into college by giving advances to certain athletes to start helping them build their NIL business. I think those will happen, but I think they're going to be exceptions to the rule. And I think like those are the, maybe the 1% of college athletes. The real question is, you know, how do the next three to 4%, um, you know, take initiative and, and build a real business, grind it out with all the different inventories that are possible. How do they, you know, build custom content business on YouTube or with a podcast that they can, make money off of advertising with how do they start a camp or teach lessons how do they get their hometown and name a uh, training center after them and sell their naming rights how do they build a merch business like those are the things that are really going to be what the masses can do and then you're going to have your your exceptions you know your star athletes that yep. are going to have opportunities like that with an agent giving them an advance or a pro team but i i think that you know calling it the norm yes but for about high volume of athletes no Got it. Thank you so much. Shouts to Influencer. Any athletes looking for help in the NIL space, Influencer and Jim are doing so much. He's the founder of Influencer. Jim, thank you for joining us on Remote Game Show. No problem. I wish I would have performed better, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so he, he, I like I liked all his information he gave after because it kind of like it's the truth. Gives me a it's the truth. Yeah, it's a different perspective on the nil, you know. So, <laughs> and let's talk about it though because I asked him the question. You know, what does he think about it? I know me being a co-owner of the FCF Beast team that you know FCF is already trying to capitalize on the fact that athletes can make money in college. They're looking to see who's that that star college athlete that may not be instantly going to the NFL because to Jim's point, not everybody's going to the NFL. That's just the fact. Not everyone's going mm -hmm. to the NBA. There's going to be a group, the 1%, of course they're going, but what about those other groups? So what are our thoughts on like just the pro teams now infiltrating the college ranks? Like what are our thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with the FCF. I mean, I think it's really smart on their part. Obviously, they killed it on, like, social media and things like that. So, like, imagine, like, getting a college kid <clears throat> to be an ambassador for one of the teams um, that they already had, like, star power for. And then, you know, I know they didn't have, like, um, <clears throat> Sydney team, like, you know, like, say, like, Atlanta, a dream or whatever. But I think if they kind of find something like that or, like, get, like, a Florida player and then, like, or, like, a Texas a and player and then Johnny Menzel is on that team or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? I, I, I kind of think that, I'm sorry, uh, I kind of think that it's going to take someone helping these individuals because even with the uh, NFC and all of that, there's still so many more athletes than there are teams out there that are going to be able to, they're going to be able to avail themselves with. So I think it's very important that, you know, we, they don't get ahead of themselves in college or wherever they decide to do this name, image, and likeness and uh, not evaluate realistically where they're going from there. I think that's going to be the key to, you know, being realistic about where you are. And, and the bottom line is, you know, 
it takes a lot of work to to succeed yeah. on the court, on the field, whatever. Even in business, to start a business, to be a merchandiser. I mean, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna still have to play the game for anybody to want to pick you up. I mean, you know what I mean. So you can't get sidetracked with with making money, and then you end up with nothing because your game is gone to put because you haven't put the focus <laughs> on it that you should have. Um, I also think that, like you know, like Mom said, is that some some athletes are very gifted but very lazy. So I feel like you know they are so naturally athletic; they don't have to work hard, or that's the only way they know how to work hard is through athletics in their game and everything. So putting the time into the business, um, you know, doing all the extra pieces that may require them off the field may be a problem. So like you said, that top 1% that's going to actually be that 1%, that's going to be there for them anyway, because if they're going to go pro in anything, there's going to be a manager there to make sure it's done. Yep. The manager's going to have a team, but those ones who are like the underbelly, who are just not maybe that 1%, but they still got to work hard to get there. It's just going to depend on the athlete. Like they said, it's going to take some hard work. And I mean, I know a lot of athletes who just don't like to work hard on anything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been around him too. I've been around yeah. him too. So that's why I think that he's absolutely right. If you got to put in the work, you got to grind. And, you know, the ones who are already in that mode of doing that before they even get to college or, you know, that they're going to continue what they're doing. They'll be fine. But a lot of them will get these endorsements and they'll drop off. And so it's, it's going to be really sad to see the ones who you see coming in the first year, they get all these endorsements, they got all this stuff going on. And then sophomore year is like, where did they go? What happened to them? So we'll sophomore see. Sophomore slump. Yeah. We'll yeah see but you know, happens. what could happen also is that maybe, you know, they, they're there because of sports. They could start something and it's not sports and it really takes off and they found Wow, I didn't know I had. That's this what I'm curious about, Snow. Whatever. Absolutely. And so, man, this takes off more than it would be for me getting into a, a pro team when I graduate. Well, Not quick. Be so, before for for the athletes that we're talking about, yes, the one percenters are going to have aspirations to play pro, but there's a lot of people that are collegiate athletes that understand that they're probably not going to go pro snook. That's a great point. What can you start to build while you're a college athlete that now is a career once you graduate that maybe, maybe now, what if your major changes so that you can now focus on that? I was going to be this major, but let me go ahead and go into a business major because I'm building a business now or a communications major because mm -hmm. I'm hosting a podcast now so it'll be interesting to see now <laughs> what other things grow from the fact that these now athletes can invest in themselves and make money for it and I think some of these teams are going to be upset because some of these athletes who who shorted themselves and what their capabilities are on making money of only being an athlete when they finally can make some other money and that freshman year they are bombed they like I got hurt twice last year my knees are going I'd yep. rather just go this way and leave it. These some of these coaches are going to be upset because they're going to lose some premium athletes to basically saying, "I don't want to risk it because I can make more money doing something else." Yeah, back to like the FCF doing the brand ambassador thing. The Florida Panthers are pretty much doing the same thing. It says within four weeks they're going to kind of roll out. So, in NHL in general, been it seems like they're trying to get into influencers and like the culture more because uh, a couple of weeks ago they named Josh Richards was like the number one TikToker as a brand ambassador and um and then they had be a, a remixer song for the playoffs 
which is like a, a rapper, a female rapper uh, for the NHL. Obviously, that's like unheard of. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So not only are we doing, see, that's what I'm saying. So some of this is good because <laughs> it's it's exposing. Like I never would have thought of, you said a female hockey NHL rapper. rapper? No, no, she's a rapper. She she had a song called Skate. She actually mentioned the Stanley Cup and they picked it up, picked up on it and they had to remix it for the playoffs. Oh, but is she a player? Interesting. No, she's not a player. She's a famous rapper. She's a famous rapper. And she mentioned the NHL and the Stanley Cup. So then they commissioned her to remix it and do basically something all about them, which is very different than what we would ever normally see. But here's another thing. If I was a rapper or something, I'm mentioning everything and every rap, just in case we, we saw juvenile. He changed back that thing up to vax that thing up, baby. Listen, the remixes are where it's sad. You get something that can be remixed. Shoot. Serena Grace has this holiday and I told her that she needs to remix it for every single holiday. Like I'll risk my all for you this Halloween. I'll die for you. Like, come on, like, what? Like, that's a hit. Everybody will be that at the end. So I, I see what people, even think about what Wale did with Seinfeld and he had an album. He even talked about it. He said people thought that he was tweaking when he put Seinfeld and then he profited off of it. He's a genius. Yeah, when you mention people, they want to have, they want to have it in their stuff. They want to use it as promo. So smart on the NHL, smart on Bia. Like that's that's just marketing 101. And I love when it all comes together. <laughs> Vax that thing up, baby. That's all I got to say, man. Vax that thing up. <laughs> We're going to go to one-on-one. And we talked about it. We've talked a lot about this. Women, the movement is women, period. There's a movement happening. There's multiple movements happening simultaneously. One of those movements is women, equality, women in the workplace, women, wherever you call it, it's just women. And we have a powerhouse woman that actually, speaking of Maria Taylor and all of the other women that have gone through things at ESPN and all the other minorities, Carrie Champion is one of those people that she basically said that she bet on herself, you know, and she bet on the fact that her value is high and she and she went somewhere else to find value in herself and not saying she didn't see it. She wanted somebody that was going to celebrate her talent and celebrate who she is as a host, a woman and all of those things. She has a podcast out now called Naked, but I talked to her about a little bit of everything. Check it out. All right, so Carrie, thank you for joining me. I always like to start by asking people, what did young Carrie think she was going to be when she grew up? Exactly what I'm doing right now, but for not real? as in any, in not in the way in which I'm doing it, but I, I always wanted to be uh, a broadcast journalist, i.e. Oprah Winfrey. Um, you know what, the end game is always to have my own talk show, uh, but the, the, the goals have changed in terms of what I thought it would be, what my platform would be for. I, I remember being a kid thinking, I don't like the way they portray black people on TV. Mm. And I just remember thinking I'm going to, when I was referring to the news at the time, not even just TV or movies, but just watching the local news. And I was like, I'm going to make sure we tell fair stories and we look mm. 
like how we're supposed to look. However, you know, simple it felt as a kid, that was just the goal. And then um, I was supposed to be in front of the White House as I got, you know, older and understood the business and I was supposed to be reporting on politics. And that's wow. always, I mean, it's always been something I loved, but I have never deviated from what I've wanted to do. That or being a lawyer. And the lawyer was like, I'm not reading all that. It's too much reading. I'm not doing well, that. But the lawyer thing, but listen, the lawyer thing, People that argue on TV for a living, I can see how that could. Oh, it's the, the, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the same, same thing. thing. It's the it's same, it's the same career. Exactly. Oh. It's the same career. So I like that you didn't like how women were being portrayed on TV. So you ended up being the woman that you wanted to see portrayed on TV. Now talk about it. You started on the tennis channel, I believe, was you, you yeah. talked about wanting to do politics and serious, but then you started <laughs> in sports. So tell me about that. Well, you know, and, and so I grew up in LA. And so the reality is, is that during a time in which I grew up, like it was like late 80s, early 90s, people were like, all you saw was gang members. Gangs was a real thing in LA and they still are, but not as prevalent in our as, as talked about. Um, and I saw just black people being arrested, black women, this black men that I just didn't, all the images were so disturbing. Um, and so I started off actually as a local news reporter in West Virginia. Okay. And in West Virginia, it represent Renee. And Why are you saying it like that though? Hold on. Because I'm representing West Virginia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that you talk like that at West Virginia. I'm just saying, because okay. I, I was like, that's our connection right now. This is a real bonding moment right now. No, it is. Um, I love it. <laughs> I worked in a town called Oakley. Bluefield Oakley. Are you familiar? I am. Uh, familiar. Okay. So super small. And it was like the market 157, carry your camera, carry your tripod, do everything. Oh, and yeah. so I just worked my way up from there. Like I drove myself out to West Virginia, took five days. I worked my, I worked there for a year and the way my business works, very similar to yours. Like if, you know, you don't, we don't have contracts early on cause we don't make money, but you move and you bump and you move and you bump and you go to different yeah. um, levels. And so after West Virginia, I worked at another small station. Then I bumped to West Palm beach, Florida. Then I went to Atlanta and then okay. I went to the tennis channel. So, you know, I've been, I've been, I've lived in all the places you okay. live. Uh, and then um, I went to the tennis channel. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, I'm just going to focus on sports. Cause when you're a general assignment reporter, you always cover sports. So when I was yeah. in Atlanta, I covered the Falcons and the dream as a matter of fact. And then um, when I was in Florida, I covered the Williams sisters and a lot of golf, a lot of Tiger Woods, um, a lot of Florida Marlins. Um, those were the teams that were very popular. And then I got to Tennis Channel and I was like, I might as well do this for real, for real. And then there you go. Well, then, okay. So you got to the Tennis Channel, spent like a three-year stint there. First take. Now we know that's one of the biggest shows. What was that like getting, yeah. you know, you talked about it. You went from in West Virginia, you're carrying the tripod, the camera, it's you, you're reporting. Yeah. And then you go to yeah. one of the biggest stages and we'll combine them. I mean, first take sports center, the whole ESPN Mecca, you're on the top shows. What was that like to go from where you started West Virginia to now, <laughs> to now the worldwide <laughs> leader in sports? Well, that's funny because, you know, I, I, I think, and this is probably very much the same for you. When we accomplish things, you just, you're just like, okay, like you, while you're in it, you don't know how, how big it is or what it feels like. You're just like, I'm here, I'm in it. I'm working. Yep. I'm hustling. Because when you're there, that's when the hard work begins. It wasn't like, oh, I've made it. I'm here. I'm on first take. I'm sitting with Skip and Stephen A. It's, oh, I'm here. I'm on sports center hosting my own show. It's that you don't even think like that. You think like, how do I do the work? How do I work hard? How do I 
make sure I know what I'm talking about and sound intelligent and, and still deal with all the politics behind the scenes. So I, for me, don't believe that I ever stopped and thought about how big of a platform First Take was until it was really tangible. Meaning I went from, you know, going from the tennis channel to first take and people knew my name overnight. And that wasn't always a good thing. Like a lot of people, you know, they have the most aggressive following. And a lot of people were like, yeah. who is she? I don't like her. She made me sick. Da, 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 da. So I was learning to receive all this vitriol and all this faux hate. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. I remember our social media manager, Marcus used to always want me to tweet or post something on IG. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I was, I was dead set against it. I was like, I'm not doing it. Nope. Like I was like, tweet to promote it or tweet against Yeah, tweet. Tweet to promote that I was on the show and 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 just who is Carrie, you know, like he wanted me to sh reveal myself. Um, and, you know, that's what social media does. And I was anti that. I was like, I'm on, no, I said, like, I'll tweet yay, nay. I was like, I don't want nobody to know who I am. I was so, I, I wish Marcus could be here. He, I was so- It's interesting anti. because now the, the Carrie we know <laughs> now, this is interesting. Yeah, now Carrie is like, I don't give a care what's <laughs> going on. Y'all make me sick. Let me tell you how I feel. But that was a process. It started really slow. And then I remember Jamel being like, girl, we got to get you on Instagram. And I'm like, I don't want to. And she had already been, and she had, and then one day she had posted a photo. She's like, Carrie's on Instagram, go and follow my girl. And then I was like, oh no, here comes the onslaught. And then it was, this was, I mean, I'm telling you, this was relatively recently. I started yeah. at 2012 in first take. I want to say I got comfortable with social media in like 2014. Really? Now, no one would know that, but I was like, I would barely post. I had nothing to say. So I went from, you know, being appropriately posting to from 2014 to, you know, now, now it's like, let me tell you about everything I feel. Okay, so we're talking about everything under the sun and we're gonna to continue to talk about that. So we've covered name, image, and likeness with the FCF and the NHL. You know, we've covered the fact that women have to march in boots if you like in heels. I'm sorry, what? So what else is there going on this week, VP? What else is happening? Yeah, so I think we always talk about social media and you know, your your it being your digital footprint and your resume and things like that. Well, TikTok introduced TikTok resumes. Um, so basically it's like companies could go on there and, and they could put the job application up and then you make a TikTok like a video as your application. And it's funny that this happened wow. because I think this guy, my name's, I, don't, I forgot what his name was, but he inspired it. I think because I saw him going on, like he would, he would show you a job that he applied to. And he's like, this is why I should be the content creator and blah, blah, blah. And then shows everything. So I think they probably got inspired by a TikToker. And then um, with the follow-up from there, like Big Sean is ambassador for the Pistons. And uh, he put out a video on TikTok, like, and said, we're looking for a creative uh, intern. Like, are you going to post a video? Which, which Interesting. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, if these kids don't know anything else, they know TikTok. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to tell you that these kids will now have jobs because if you had to say go on career builder, they'd be like, what? Go where? Go Indeed or anything like that. They'd be like, huh? But if you say go on TikTok and make me a video about why you should be hired at Chick-fil-A down the street, you would see the most creative things you've <laughs> ever seen in your entire existence. Go ask the right resume, ask them to TikTok a resume. Everybody going to have a job. I'm going to tell you that right mm -hmm. now. Everybody's going to they, have a job. They're going to get paid in crypto too. Oh, you know what, yeah. okay. let me go create a TikTok resume. What's up? <laughs> well, listen, my granddaughter even does her history projects. She's done a history project TikTok style and like gotten said, an A on it. So, like I know. said, if the world is going to be TikTok, 
then these kids will rule the world then because I'm telling you right now, anything that's that's old school, like go in there and print out a resume, they would be like, what? <laughs> like they wouldn't even have a clue. Like, but if you say, I don't even, I, did, I had to learn how to get on TikTok to even view the videos that people were sending me. I had to go and I was like, you gotta do all this, but I know how to yeah, do a resume. Yeah. But then if I say go in there and do whatever, they figure it out and then they figure out all these camera tricks and they got all this stuff. Like I said, everyone will have a job. The world looks brighter mm-hmm. if you can get a job through TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting too, because sometimes like, you know, like for instance, I don't want to see a videographer's resume written out. I don't want to see a graphic designer's resume written out. I don't even necessarily, if I'm looking for an influencer, I don't necessarily know if I want to see a resume written out. So I can see how this could work, especially to Cole's point for the audience you're trying to reach, because I've had people reach out to me and, and they told me, Hey, do you need somebody to create content? And then I go onto their social media page and I don't see any content that I would want created for my company on their page. Then yeah, we need a different Avenue. Like they need to be able to submit whatever that resume is if it's a video, if it's them TikToking. So I look, let me list out for companies company? accepting them. I want to yeah, what companies are actually even accepting it? Because maybe I need to get my sons on there for some TikTok resumes. Or what companies, oh, VP? Well, yeah. Well, what companies? Well, well, Bryce definitely gotta get on there and do the voiceover things with all the oh, like yeah. I, you gotta oh, yeah. check out Bob Mennery from FCF. That's how he came up. Um, oh, yep. <clears throat> four organizations right now is the Detroit Pistons, Vandermedia, which is Gary V's business, uh, NASCAR, and WWE. So usually, you know, NBA wow. is NBA is usually innovative. I, so it's pretty, but it's surprising like it's just like one team. Listen, I heard money, <laughs> money, <laughs> yeah, money, and money. And these are these oh, like TD companies. I, I didn't hear little TD companies like I've never heard of them before. I heard. Cha-ching, 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 and cha-ching. So I think we wow. need to get like TikTok resumes up and running. I think yes. like the the, le- the the lesser popular sports like NASCAR, well, I would say like NASCAR, like WWE and NHL, are like they're trying to do, they're obviously trying to do something. They're trying to build their brand. So I'm really curious about this because like, I wonder how much they're paying these influencers to create like one-off content or are they giving them deals? Because shoot, RME, which is Renee Montgomery Enterprise, we might need to put a little filler out there to see. We need, we, I we was need just thinking that. I was <laughs> what just we need to do? Do Renee Montgomery to dance? Yeah, we need to get together and do our little TikTok thing. We oh yeah, where is look, that? trying is to it? make some money. Look, yeah, yeah, like, look, you know, you know. There is a there's a rumor that there is like a TikTok uh, family Montgomery dance. Like I haven't seen it yet though. I don't know. Oh yeah, it'll come it's out coming. on a project. It'll come out in a project releasing in 2022. So there's a little nugget for you guys as yeah. well in case y'all are trying to figure out what's going on. Do we got some heat Pete? coming. I don't know. We don't want people <laughs> leaking it. And I don't, I don't, I, we have to be sure. I got to keep it tight. You know, I, no one outside of, yeah. Cause it, it, <laughs> it, it should go viral. We did it. We had a TikTok moment as a whole family where we dressed alike. We wore the same stuff. There was a theme. There were practices. TikToks just don't happen like that. We practiced. We even had Snookabooka in there, twerk something for the tip jar. You know what I'm saying? We was out there. We was out there having 
fun. But yeah, that releases later. We might, you know what? They might need to book us, NASCAR. Call me, WWE, call me. I ain't gonna be jumping from the ropes. Like, you know, some folks is jumping. I'm scary like that, but call me. We make TikToks too, okay? But I digress. I digress. We're gonna move on to something not so TikTok-y. My Snooka Booker has a root section. What are we talking about this week, Snook? Okay, Tune It Crew, today I am going to uh, give you the lowdown on the most entertaining and, and exciting 10.2 seconds of the playoff game of the NBA with the Suns and the Bucks. And so here it is. Check it out. Hope you get a laugh out of it too. This week on Roots, I am going to talk about the most entertaining 10 plus seconds in the NBA Finals. Now, in case you didn't know it, I am a huge basketball fan. You know, the least exciting part of the game or the dullest activity in a basketball game is usually the free throws. That's because there's no interaction with other players on the court, just one person standing there at the line with no defense or other activity and shooting the ball. Now, if you're at the game, you might choose to go get something to eat or use the restroom during a free throw. If you're at home, you might decide to get up and get a snack or make a phone call or something else while the free throw is going on. Usually, I mean this usually, the only time a free throw is exciting is at the end of the fourth quarter when it can make the difference between a win or a loss. I found the funniest part of the first game of the 2021 NBA Finals was the free throw shooting of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'll refer to him by his nickname in the future, the Greek Freak. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I have evaluated or visited the time a player spends taking a free throw in the past. My fascination with free throws began back in the 90s when both of my two oldest daughters played basketball. When Renee, the youngest, was in junior high, I told her about being calm enough to sink her free throws even if the crowd was over the top. One game I remember is when they played the rival Roosevelt Junior High. I realized during this game that Renee had mastered the serenity to sink the free throws because that crowd was mad and turned up. I also remember telling Renee in high school, in college, and when she was playing pro to take her time and not run over to the free throw line and shoot so fast. I encouraged her to take a breather. Catch your breath. Give your team a breather and give the refs a blow. So maybe the Greek freak is taking a breather. The funny part is the countdown in the stands. The fans definitely feel he is taking longer than the NBA 10-second rule for free throws. The rule states that once the referee passes you the ball, you have 10 seconds before that ball should go through the net. I think the fans think that he's getting a little bit of an advantage. And maybe so because, like I said, you're getting a breather. In game one, for the first two times that Giannis went to the line, He missed the first and made the second. So wow, that's 50% shooting. The Greek freak is shooting 
54.1% in the postseason. I know other teams like the Atlanta Hawks and the Nets have had their fans count down when he went to their free throw line as well. The fans are so loud. I know it has to be a distraction. He seems to always shoot somewhere around 12 seconds and miss the first shot and make the second. I think the fans will stop the countdown when he starts shooting and making all of his free throws each time. I am going to stay tuned to the NBA Finals and continue my evaluation of the effectiveness of the countdown. I love to know what you think. Mom, what is that jingling? Is that you jingling? What is that sound? That's my, Lost. That's Snooker Booker got bangles for days, and anybody that knows that has an auntie or someone, Snooker Booker wears them bangles, boy. And, and I, I heard the whole time it didn't know what it was. It did also when you were talking this last husband. Is that her jingling? I mean, I know that I know that I'm, I'm not the only person who said it. Who else said it, Ma? Who else has been talking about these bangles? Oh well, your dad. He, you know, at night they can be distracting for your sleep sometimes. I guess. Oh, how do you hear those? I know night? you. How do you right. hear those in bed? Why? <laughs> That jewelry off, all them bang, jingle jangle off. Take all of that stuff off. We think we got background aesthetics. I'm like, oh wow, do you hear that jingling in the background? That's just Snooka Booka talking with her hands. I, I mean, they do look nice, Snook. I will say that. But can you let Diddy get some sleep at night and take them bangles off at night at least? We'll take them on the pod, but at nighttime, goodness. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll be cognizant of that next time and I won't have them on. <laughs> All right, so next week, we will wait to see if Jingle Jangle is back or if Snookabooka has some other aesthetics. But listen, every week we like to have fun and talk about topics that are happening today that topics that matter for tomorrow and we do all of this connecting while being remote. We'll see you next week. Is your partner big boy interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood introducing neighbor to neighbor a california volunteers network that empowers you to take action contribute to local needs and be a part of something bigger than yourself visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community neighbor to neighbor it takes a neighborhood hello everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.